Hello, and welcome to episode 67 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in the B2B or B2C, and whether you're on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. First off, I'm Sarah, account manager here at 21 Handshake. And I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I'm in charge of visual content. And today we're also joined by the team at Instasize to, well, you guessed it, just by that name to talk about Instagram. But we'll dive into more of that in a minute because first it's time for our digital marketing news segment where we dive into what has caught our attention over the last week in digital and social media marketing. And I really feel like last week and this week, it's been pretty quiet. Um, But Facebook has said they're officially testing hiding likes. And I believe we mentioned this a few episodes ago that this could happen. But now it is for real happening. (laughs) Ashley, can you tell us more about this and kind of where it's happening right now? Because it's just testing, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So the rollout for hiding likes has started. Um, Currently, it is only live in Australia. Oh, okay. Um, But something interesting that they have released are screenshots of what it would look like. Oh. And honestly, you would probably not even notice. Really? Yes. So um, they're hiding the like counts for likes and reactions. So just like you would on Facebook, see the little icons of like the like and the heart and the smile. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll say like a name and 23 others. Um, they've removed 23 others and now it just says others. Oh, so, so you, still a, see, you still see the you icons. Can still you see still see that as comments. You can still see the people have liked it. You just can't see how many people. So it's a super small change, but they believe that it will enhance user um, experience. As the poster, <laughs> will you still be able to see how many people liked it? Um, I'd have to imagine so. Yeah, yeah, I'd imagine so. But then that comes back to why are we doing this anyways? Because isn't it the poster that you should be concerned about the mental health? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So um, this article that we're referencing, we are um, SM, which is a fantastic resource, by the way, Um, according to Facebook says um, the author was will still be able to see the like count on a post, um, but it will be hidden from everyone else. Facebook representative says like counts have not only disrupted the way we do marketing, they're also proven to negatively impact the user's experience. In fact, the constant chase for more likes is known to distort reality um, and blah, blah, blah. So um, it is interesting that they have kind of like package it to be um, something to enhance mental health, whereas like the person who posts it should still be able to see it. So I don't really know. Yeah, this will be interesting. And we were just chatting about this. And Alex, you had some very valid (laughs) thoughts. I think that this, in theory, this is an interesting idea, but it's not going to work unless every single social platform rolls out something like this as well. YouTube is still going to have subscription counts, view counts, likes and dislikes. Twitter still has retweets and likes. Um, I guess Facebook and Instagram are now, maybe they're going to be leading the way and this will become more of the norm. Um, But I just don't see this necessarily being a successful rollout um, unless other platforms also take their lead on it, Mm -hmm. which I don't know. We'll see. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it just, I mean, yay, they're making mental health awareness more prevalent. That's great. But not everyone deals with mental health uh, issues. Mm -hmm. And And to kind of blanket and say, well, you know, just because a certain group of the population (laughs) deals with issues regarding this, it doesn't mean that everybody does. Right. And I think (laughs) they probably caught some flack or they got called out by people and this is sort of their they felt like they had to probably do something yeah, in response to that. I agree. Um, but to me, and granted, like this is not something that I struggle with, but like it, it just sort of feels like a non-solution to somewhat of a non-problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will say this article we'll ends by saying that this is a limited test. They're okay. going to evaluate the results and um, that will determine whether or not it rolls out. Yeah. Now, so, what probably. I am actually curious on this is if they apply this to ads as well. Because I will say, like counts does influence my participation in ads. Yeah. Like if oh. I see that an ad has a lot of thumbs up or a lot of likes on it, I'm They're, more likely to to also to yeah. engage in it yeah. because it's more believable or like other. I've seen a lot of other yeah. people that have, that's and that's a marketing. And that's a big part of my ad strategy here. So <laughs> yeah. absolutely. That's why you might run an ad and then if you go to run it again, you duplicate it. Little hint there, little another little tip here on the <laughs> podcast. Um, because you those light counts matter. One hundred percent. So yeah, that would be interesting and we'll definitely, definitely stay on top of this as it continues to roll out or not roll out, but it seems like most tests in the social world are already kind of confirmed before they start testing it that it will happen. Right. <laughs> so interesting there. We'll link that in the show notes, the story. And we'd also just love to hear your thoughts about that issue as well. So connect with us at 21 Handshake for sure on all our social platforms and like our stuff too. <laughs> and oh. for our final social media news, this actually comes from Instasize, who is a guest on our podcast today. I was perusing their blog with which is wonderful. And they recently posted a new blog regarding how to revamp your Instagram strategy or IG strategy, as I call it, quickly. So if you've been posting regularly, but you seem to be stagnant in your growth, it may be time to do these quick tips. And a lot of them are more like, oh, yeah, I knew to do that. Sometimes it's just nice to see it in writing and be like, I need to go do that. <laughs> so is it time to review your bio? Is it time to revamp your hashtag strategy? Is it time to revamp your captions, your timing? It may also be worth time to go explore going live in your stories and rethinking your video and photos with new filters and colors to stand out as we will dig into that in a little bit here with the team at InstaSize. So just some things, if you haven't revamped your Instagram strategy recently, definitely check out this post because a lot of things have changed on Instagram and it's really good to go back and be like, oh, well, 30 hashtags, whereas they allow it, that maybe doesn't work for my brand or business. I need to do 15 hashtags or whatnot. Or maybe I've always been doing general hashtags. Now I need to do niche hashtags. Or now my followers aren't online at 3 p.m. They're online at 9 p.m. So check out the post. Go revamp that. And we will be talking more about stories and videos with the InstaSize team here in a second. Hello, Brooke and Natasha from InstaSize. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. We are so excited to talk with you both today. 
hear all about how brands can create better social content for social media because that is so huge right now. And I know everybody is always scrambling on how to do that better. So first off, just tell us a little bit about Instasize, why you exist, what needs you are fulfilling out there in the marketplace, and how you are helping content creators, particularly businesses, um, whether they be either local or national, create better visual images, stories, and more on Instagram. Yeah, so that's a lot to unpack. So I'll just start from like where we began um, and how we got to where we are today. So um, Instasize came into existence back in 2012 um, when Instagram was really starting to take off and people were uploading images, but the um, Instagram platform would cut off um, images when you went to upload them. I don't know if you guys remember back in the days, the horrible cropping issues with Instagram. But (laughs) It was it was bothersome, but we were the first app to kind of come in and offer a solution to that problem. Um, so I think at our core, we've always been about offering solutions to editing problems when it comes to Instagram or whatever various platform you're creating content for. Um, back in 2012, we found like instant success because everyone was looking for a solution on how to resize their images for Instagram. So we climbed to the tops of all the charts. Um, life was good. And in 2015, Instagram changed its uploading parameters. So you can now upload full-size images. And um, we took a little bit of a hit because what we were originally known for wasn't necessarily important anymore. So we kind of had to restructure our marketing strategy um, and switch from a single, um, I guess, single-use platform to a multifunctional editing platform. That was kind of like the move because in 2015, this is this is when influencer marketing is really taking off. Um, you see brands and content creators alike really start to have a very um, specific aesthetic um, when it comes to their, I guess, when it comes to their presence on Instagram. So we mm-hmm. added a bunch of filters to the app. We added we we always had borders, but we added a lot of uh, really aesthetically designed borders, um, text like text tools, video functionality. So we really switched kind of from just a one basic resizing app to an editing platform. Um, And that's where we're at today. So we definitely cater to anyone looking to build a brand online, um, small businesses, big businesses, what have you, that are really looking to establish a presence or an aesthetic, if you will, and maintain that um, efficiently and easily. That's kind of who we provide tools for. Um, Like I mentioned before, the app does come with a ton of um, beautifully designed filters, resizing needs or resizing tools, Um, So anything that you're looking to edit for stories or Instagram or Facebook or your YouTube or what have you, um, we're a solution to those editing needs. Oh, all right. I didn't know that crossed over to YouTube as well. That's that's very cool. But yeah, we'll stick to Instagram today since (laughs) that's what we're here to talk about. But you guys Mm -hmm. actually have two apps, correct? Can you explain the difference between Instasize and the other one I believe is called Made, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we we have two um, apps right now. We actually just launched Made this year. Um, We're really excited about it. It's We kind of noticed the trend of people moving away from Instagram posts and posting more on stories. So we created this app um, that provides like different templates that you can use both photo and video and different texts and fonts, um, different designs to make your stories look aesthetically pleasing. We were finding that a lot more people were going to stories. So we created something for our users um, to use specifically for stories. You can use like the stories format in Instasize, but there just aren't the templates there like there are in Made. So it's mostly based on, you know, beautifully designed templates um, and that's how made has kind of taken off it's been exciting because we've seen 
like a sh- like an extreme amount of growth in the past little bit. Um, so we're really excited about the growth we're seeing with the Stories app. Mm-hmm. And when we say templates, it's like plug in and play. Like I don't know if that's a very common term for people who are listening to this podcast um, for like stories, but basically you just take your images, put them into the templates, and then you can upload straight to Instagram stories. And we also partnered with Unsplash, which is like a oh yeah, we use it. Um, people or stock images that we use all the time because they're like super relevant, but we integrated their API into made. So if you are a small business looking to create, you know, specifically design, like let's say you're a yoga um, retreat company trying to talk about your upcoming event. Um, you could look up yoga and have all these beautiful images that you could just source right in the app instead of having to worry about sourcing them elsewhere, pulling them into your phone, using them on the template. Everything is right there, ready to go on made. Yeah, I love that. And I think um, that plug and play is so needed, especially, um, and we'll kind of move into this talking about B2B, but that is a lot of our clients and they just aren't aren't sure. And so a plug and play option makes total sense for someone, especially if they're like, I, there's a lot of steps here. I don't know what to do. So if you yeah. can just take some barriers away from this and make it real easy for me, that's great. <laughs> I'm actually looking at the app right now. I'm uploading <laughs> my own <laughs> he pictures. He was super excited. He's yeah. like, I'm going to use this right now. <laughs> and literally it could not be easier. Like there's one way to go about things and you, you can't mess it up. It's awesome. Yeah. And then with Made, we really wanted to focus on its custom, like the the customizable options. So unlike other stories apps um, where you're kind of limited with the edits you can make on Made, you can change background colors, background images. We have a plethora of text. We just integrated video. Um, So there's really a lot you can do when it comes to customizing exactly what it is you're trying to create, Um, trying to give power back to our users in that sense, because a lot of what we see currently in the market for stories is it is just plug in and play. The templates are what they are. You plug in a photo and then you're good to go. So for us, we wanted to focus on ease of being able to manipulate, manipulate those templates and options. Very cool. That is so cool. I'm just watching Alex play with it and I'm like, okay, I want to go download it and start playing around with it too right now. Yeah, but awesome. we'll, we'll focus like on the interview. Yeah, putting it away. Yeah, yes. no, it's fun because like, I don't know, I feel like I'm obsessed with it. Like I usually like, I mean, I've marketed for a lot of different companies and it's fun to be like obsessed with your own product. Yeah. And so it's like a product, like I feel like our team has been able to really get behind because it's like just a great solution for what's needed. Um, in the story space. Yeah. And kind of going back to your first question here, because I noticed you brought up like what needs are we help like helping fulfill for content creators yeah, specifically. Definitely. And I, I would say with made, especially now with our video integration, um, we introduced like this whole creator tour that we started um, at, the, at the beginning of the year to really help empower content creators through, around the world, um, bring them to these really awesome shooting locations and put together Um, shoots to help them create content, help us create content for our various marketing needs. Um, So I would say when it comes to content curation, we really want to help creators at the, at the very point, like at the very beginning of of their content journey. So being able to provide opportunities and networking opportunities and photo shooting opportunities um, where they can create content, but then also use the tools that we provide on Instasize and made to enhance that content when posting it online, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely see how cool that is and the need and just, um, you know, everybody just wants to move things faster and easier and and such. And so kind of shifting our mind to B2B um, and that clientele, 
we work with a lot of B2B and they're so interested in Instagram. And I wondered if you guys, you know, you play in the Instagram world every day. This is what you guys know. What are some tips on just what type of content is compelling for um, to kind of capture that B2B kind of audience? No, I think that's a really good question. I actually worked in the B2B space for like three years um, before I did kind of this B2C stuff at Instasize. And I think like one of the things I've noticed with B2B is they're a lot more interested in like the culture of your company um, on Instagram than they are about the actual product on Instagram. Because usually with B2B like companies, they... um, they have sell reps, they have people out there like, you know, doing like the relationship management, um, what they want to see on social. And I think our highest engaged post, like I was at Podium previously. I don't know if any of you are like, oh, yeah. we actually had them, oh, on the had them on the podcast. How oh, funny, crazy. full circle here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was at Podium before this. Um, and a lot of stuff that we did there was like very culture based. Um, it was based on like things that, you know, we're doing for like the social world. Like we're, we're trying to focus on stuff besides our product. I mean, we would obviously announce like big product releases when we wanted like, cause we figured like all the people following us on social media are a, they already know about our product and us um, and B they already kind of like know who we are. So we kind of wanted to expand upon the brand mm-hmm. and we felt like the Instagram for the B2B like, space was very much like focused on our culture who we are our brand what we can like offer them in addition to this incredible product we have to offer mm-hmm. so that's like that would be my advice like for any b2b beers out there looking to get into the social media space because it, it can be tricky because sometimes the products feel dry um so i think spicing it up with like you know your culture what you're doing outside um as employees I think that really adds some flair to it. Like ask yourself why, like, why are we here? What problems are we resolving? Like, what is our company ethos? Like what emotions are we trying to evoke? Um, I don't really have too much experience with the whole B2B side. So this is definitely um, a Brooke, Brooke heavy question, um, but I couldn't agree more with what she had, what, what she had said, like share your story, share your net narrative, and then introduce the product and how that ties into it. But I think talking about your why is a good place to start. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think in the B2B, like you mentioned, that they get stuck on product, 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 mm-hmm. because that's what we make. And they forget that there is a culture there. And they also forget that other people might be interested in that culture as well. You know, so I definitely think that mm-hmm. is so great to point out to keep it culture related as um you know, I always go, go back to like social is there for to engage and to be fun mm-hmm. and not always to sell, sell, sell. And so mm-hmm. just, you know, it's great to show a product every now and then, but people really go there to find out who you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you even think about like a lot of B2C companies, right? Like Nike, they're not sitting there like, I mean, they do do advertisements that say like, hey, buy our shoe, buy our shoe, buy our shoe. But a lot of times like Nike is pushing like some social agenda they're pushing like something they believe in um something that their culture their brand believes in and that's what sells the shoe right Mm -hmm. so it's the same with b2b like it's a very similar thing if there's something that you know your company really stands behind um socially or even culturally like getting behind that and pushing those agendas on social media sometimes is a very good way to get in the door um, with, you know, your current customers, like upselling them, but also like people that might find you by chance on social media. 
Definitely. So would you have that same recommendation then for B2B when they're thinking about content for stories um, that they keep that culture related or or how would that look differently then? Um, I know, you know, a lot of people in the space and even myself personally, and I'm sure Ashley and Alex, you too, like your stories aren't really your curated items. They're your Mm -hmm. fun, you know, behind the scenes. So if you're kind of already doing a behind the scenes for your feed, what what yeah. would be some tips for your stories for B2B? I, yeah, and that's a good question. I think stories is a great place um, because it's so non-intrusive. Posts, for whatever reason, posts feel like a lot more intrusive than stories do. Yes. And they feel so much more serious. Yeah, they're yes, more serious. So much and more I think, serious. Um, like, I think stories, like what we did at Podium, that was where we really made like big camp, like big announcements, like big, um, whether it was a product update or, Hey, we made the fortune 500 list or, Hey, we just got featured in this article, swipe up to read. Like a lot of those things like that you do in your stories, I think should be focused around things that you can track like swipe ups, um, or like product pages that you're trying to drive or, Hey, we interviewed this employee on their experience with podium or this client. We have this case study, read this case study here, swipe up to read. I think those things are a lot more powerful on stories because they're a less intrusive and B you can track those links, right. Which is vital to, you know, see if the ROI is there. Right. That that's very, that's very true. And, um, you know, just for those listening, if you don't have a swipe up because they do have to have quite a few followers, come on, Instagram, let's loosen up those things. But, uh, you could always, you know, get creative with, um, a link, uh, like a, I know Bitly's kind of frowned upon, but there's tons more out there right now mm-hmm. to do kind of a link shortener that you can mention in, in your story as well. Or so, even, um, if you are redirecting people to the link in your bio time and time again, there's plenty of services like Linktree um, that will allow you oh, to yeah. build out a landing page where you can have several different links um, just as a way to stay organized and a way to keep your options open. Um, if you don't have a swipe up um, option, I would say that's probably another tip. Um, kind of going off of what Brooke was saying, when it comes to your stories, I think anything that ties back to your to your overarching brand message, your mission, whether that ties into the company exactly, or if it's something that, um, like a, yeah, like a case study that you can kind of build off of. Um, so read this, and then these are the points that we kind of took away from it, um, et cetera, et cetera. But having multiple link options in your bio that you can direct people to would probably be helpful as well. Yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely link all these resources that we're kind of throwing out a lot of terms here that (laughs) maybe some of our listeners will be like, whoa, what's Linktree? What's Bitly? I don't even know any of this stuff. And we'll make sure to throw all those links in our show notes for this episode. So give us a little background, not background per se, but a little more about your specific apps. So there's free versions and there's premium versions. Describe the difference between the two because I think, you know, even myself, we get a little confused like, oh, do I really need the premium? Maybe the free is what I need. So give us the kind of the, the scoop on how those work and what kind of the differences people can expect. Yeah. So we'll start with Instasize. So with Instasize, the app is completely free to download. You'll have limited access to filters. I think you get like 10 free filters, two free fonts. We have a ton of adjustment tools. So if you are trying to go in, and fine tune like the brightness on your photo or the contrast or the look. Um, you have access to all of those on a free account. Um, but if you wanted to go in and remove um, a blemish or if you wanted to desaturate the background with our whitening tool, all of those 
like more advanced um, editing tools are all under our premium subscription, which is $4.99 a month. Um, and with that premium subscription, you will have access to our entire filter library. So I think it's like 80, 100 um, different filters. And when we're talking about filters, um, it's like something that you slap on a photo that just makes it pop a little differently, enhances different colors. Um, so if you really are trying to build out an aesthetic on your brand, you know, sticking to three or five different filters that you use time and time again is very helpful. So we offer a ton of different options on our um, premium subscription with InstaSize. Uh, we release brand new borders every single month. So when we're thinking of borders, think of like scrapbooking. That's how I kind of, how I envision it, or how I talk about it to people who don't spend a lot of time on Instagram. You can take a picture, um, condense it a little bit, put on a really pretty background, and then upload that to Instagram stories or your feed. So a premium subscription will unlock everything for you versus the free version is just going to give you limited access to all, all of those tools on InstaSize. Um, with Made, again, completely free to download. We currently offer, I think, 80 plus um, templates on the app. There's 10 different like collections of templates all have their own theme. Um, so for example, we have a gold frame collection. So there's 10 different templates in there, all with different types of gold frames that you would plug in your photos. So with Made, every single collection we offer, uh, you'll get like one or two free templates, but then the rest are all gonna be locked if you're not a premium subscription member. So you'll have access to maybe 30 templates on a free version of Made. Um, and if you decide to upgrade to a premium subscription, which again is $4.99 a month, that's consistent between the two apps, then you'll have access to all of the template collections on the app. And we release new collections every single month. So as a subscription member, you'll have access to those collections um, before anybody else, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. I think if someone is really looking to stand out, um, probably a premium subscription, just so you have you yeah. know, something other than like a standard one that maybe a lot of other people are already using. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. You can cancel at any time. We don't ball and chain you to the app. <laughs> right, definitely. So um, availability, iOS, Android? Um, yeah, so InstaSize is available on both um, iOS and Android. Made is currently only available for iOS, but we are working on an Android version, um, hoping to release in the next couple months. Perfect. Excellent. I know us around the table here, big iOS fans, but <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of people in the B2B industry are stuck on those Androids, which is totally fine. Um, <laughs> not not, not knocking the Android. Just out of curiosity, why do you think there is such a huge um, like Android usage within the B2B world? Yeah, that is a very good question. I'd, I'd say, especially with a lot of the the companies that we work with are very traditional just like naturally yeah. so we're talking about like lumber dealers building supply manufacturing manufacturing companies um their philosophy i think is more traditional their marketing strategies are more traditional their technology is more um, yeah traditional outlook outlook microsoft, outlook, microsoft. <laughs> yeah. um so i think it's just been kind of like a slow adaption but they're definitely uh, progressing. Yes, I've definitely seen lots of progression. Oh, so yeah. that's very cool. So actually, I just want to comment on that really quick. Um, I think it's interesting, like in general, like why I think our, our apps tend to do better on iOS is because a lot of the creators and a lot of um, people who are designing things are, you know, doing it on an iOS, right? They're yeah. doing mm -hmm. these creations on an iOS. And so I think you bring up a good point, like, um, you know, logistically, a lot of people use like Androids 
because it's like a heavier processor. It's like more logistically sound versus like an iPhone is a lot more like design friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think like a lot of people are using our app on iOS just because they tend to be designers or like people interested in creating content. Oh, yeah. So that's oh, yeah. I think why we focus on iOS first. Oh, total, totally yeah. true. And I, but I also think, um, yeah, this is a great chance for B2B to jump in and really stand out by mm-hmm. using apps such as yours um, for, you know, right now, if, if they have an Android or even if they have an iOS, I mean, it's a mix across the board. I've met mm-hmm. people in traditional businesses that have iOS as well. Yeah. You know, it's a good chance because other people aren't maybe using them in the B2B and it's a good chance for them to kind of stand out above the crowd and yeah. look different, look cool. And um, at such a low cost. It, exactly. It, what, what I love about Insocize and made in apps like this is it makes maybe the one marketing person in that very traditional company, um, it's a resource, a cheap functional resource that you don't have to have a ton of knowledge right design knowledge to use yeah low barrier to use that um presents your business is very professional um and um progressive and um cohesive right especially in these industries that are they are trying to attract younger people to them as (laughs) you know so it's one way is hey come on you know get on board with uh the (laughs) social media and attracting just you know that whole the whole younger generation. So I think, yeah, we want to make it a point um, in various conversations that we have, like when we're talking about introducing new features or kind of road mapping um, new changes to just kind of the design flow of the app. Um, we always want to reiterate the fact that you don't have to be a designer to create content like a designer. Exactly. We that our apps are very user friendly. So whether you are a first time photo editor coming on to kind of get your feet wet in the sense of like, okay, how do I, you know, start establishing a brand online, or maybe you're a seasoned blogger, we want to make sure that the tools um, adhere to both groups. Yeah, yeah. that totally makes sense. I think that that goes along with the trend that we've seen in a lot of design tools, like between, you know, you have Canva, you have apps like these, you have Webflow for for online design and things like that, just making it making great design available to your more average user. Exactly, exactly. So you guys play on Instagram daily. Where do you see Instagram evolving over the next year? You mentioned you're just, you've been out with a bunch of creators recently. Um, what are they saying? Give us the scoop. I think everybody always wants to know like, hey, what's going on next? You know, like, you know, what's changing or what are the creators see happening or what type of content are are they posting? You know, just uh, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can say just from like our marketing standpoint, we definitely have incorporated a lot of video into our strategy. So when we're on these and we're creating content a lot of a lot of focus outside of just photos are video whether it be video testimonials video clips b-roll footage that we can use um, for various ad stuff in the future and i've noticed too with the creators we've worked with everyone's just trying to stand out on social um obviously because on social media attention is your currency and if you're able to garner someone's attention for just a little bit longer um you know that's going to result in better engagement um however the Instagram algorithm is set up. So for us, I've noticed a lot of people taking, if maybe they're not super video focused on their feed, but they'll take video components and add that to their images. So maybe they'll add like some sound in the background or maybe they'll make a certain part of their photo move versus other parts. Mm. Um, That's something that I just personally noticed that a lot of people are starting to do um, to help kind of make their content 
be different and outside of the norm. So I think we're going to definitely see a lot more of that photo manipulation um, with video components kind of moving forward. Um, and then Brooke, is the other thing? Yeah. So it, I actually, I'm glad you asked this question because I actually, I asked one of our girls that came on the trip with us from France. She's kind of like the skater girl. Um, and she's kind of focused. Her, her audience is a lot more like Gen Z focused. Um, and I asked her, I was like, what do you think like about like, is she the whole time she kept asking us to take photos on her iPhone? And I was like, why do you keep asking us to take photos on your iPhone? Cause then she's like, you know what? My iPhone photos actually perform significantly better than like my professional photography pictures do. And I, and I asked her like, okay, well, why do you think that is? And she's like, I honestly just think, you know, there's been this for a long time, like Instagram has become this like place where you know, you can make this gorgeous photo, like super, super photoshopped, like super gorgeous edit. Um, and she, she says that she's starting to see a trend now to where it's like more real, like a more real, authentic look, less filters, um, like less of a quality of a photo, right? Like she was showing me like her analytics and, and like she, we had our professional photographer photo um, that was amazing, had only like gotten like 10,000 likes, whereas her like iPhone photos were getting like upwards of 20 to 25,000. So it was almost double the amount of engagement um, that she was seeing on like these more real photos. Um, and so I think you're gonna definitely see more of these Gen Zers. Like, I mean, you see the emergence of TikTok happening, right? Which is kind of a replacement for Vine. Mm -hmm. And I think that like people are shifting more into this like real, and like less of this fake um, vibe. Um, I think yeah. as we see Gen Z start to like rise, we're gonna see that like social media becomes less fake, like less of these photo shoots that are like beautifully set up, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, um, I totally agree. And, yeah, and more of just like these real iPhone shots being taken. Yeah, it seems like I've read quite a few articles on that lately and the kind of the rise of yeah. the no filter hashtag um, being very popular right now. And um, I think maybe it goes back to the, that influencers are seeing how well their stories are doing and that's a little more authentic. That's mm -hmm. kind of driving them to go back and say, let me rethink how my my Instagram feed is. And mm -hmm. maybe that can drive some more awareness and engagement to that. Um, you know, which in the end helps in the algorithm as well, if you're getting better <laughs> engagement. Totally. I agree. And I think like, that's the challenge a lot of creators are facing right now is like with the Instagram algorithm changing so often, um, they're trying to figure out, Hey, like, how can I still get engagement? How can my photos still be seen? And it's been interesting to see, like, I mean, talking to that one girl that we took on the trip, she's like, yeah, if I don't post like an iPhone photo, every other photo, my engagement just like, like plummets. Because people don't like the fake anymore. They don't like the fake setup shot anymore. They want like the candid, fun, um, real um, type of type of photos. So we yeah. worked with a bunch of creators too who do a really awesome job of like showing behind the scenes. Like they'll show you the photo, but then they'll show you like a clip like on a carousel post of kind of how the image was created. And we've seen these creators just blow up over the last couple of months because I think people like that relatability factor. They like to see. Like, oh, there was like a lot of work that went into this one shot, not just the final product and all of its glory. Because a lot of the time, that's all people post on Instagram is their highlight reel. And it's nice to be able to see kind of the work and thought that goes into a final product. And um, definitely agree with Brooke, seeing a shift in uh, just being more honestly authentic on Instagram versus curated and posed. 
Yeah, that's very cool. I like that idea of the carousel as well. You know, I mean, it comes back to, I think we've always just known, you know, not that Instagram is really like advertising it per se, but you've always known like, okay, well, the models are photoshopped, you know, or whatever. Like, and then kind of be like, oh, okay, now, you know, just technology allows us to quickly post to like, well, here's how the shot ended up. And here's all the steps I took. And I think it does just even make that re- more realistic. Like, wow, you know, there's a lot that goes into into this um, to being a creator. <laughs> it just yeah, doesn't happen, you know, like, oh, yay, overnight I became a creator. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, definitely. Well, this has been so fun. We love chatting about Instagram. <laughs> and this has been so fun for us. And I've watched Alex the whole episode play around on your app. <laughs> and so you've got some fans over here on our team. Um, if people are interested in checking out your apps, can you let us know how do they do that and where to find you online at? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram. Um, for Instasize, our handle is instasize.official. And then for Made, it's just at Made on Made. Um, and then our download links will be right within our Instagram bios. Or if you want to check us out online, insasize.com or I believe it's madeonmade.com is our landing page for that. Correct. Yes. Okay. So. Perfect. Well, we will definitely link all those in the show notes. Um, so definitely head over there and those will all be linked listeners for you to go and check to check all that out. So we want to know, listeners, how is your Instagram strategy? Do you use any fun apps to make your content stand out in the feed? Perhaps you're not even sure where to start with your social strategy. Well, we have good news. We have a free webinar that covers nine steps that our most successful clients are doing to find success through digital marketing. And two huge things that are part of the success, social consistency and digital dialogue via mm-hmm. social. So if you want to know more about that, just head to bit.ly dot or sorry bit.ly slash 21 handshake nine step and you can definitely check out that resource thanks so much again exercise team for coming on and listeners if you liked this episode please like subscribe leave us a comment and share it with a friend it really helps us get the word out about our show thanks until next time <laughs>